share with your table. Yes. All right. So, uh, like I said, this is this. Is, we're gonna. I'll, I'll probably talk for hopefully 15, 20 minutes, and the majority of the time is meant for you guys to get to know each other, talk through some questions, and kind of talk about what it what it means to be a great father. So, I want to open up uh, in John fifteen. If you guys have an iPhone with the Bible app, or you brought a Bible, or something along those lines. Uh, you're probably familiar with this verse. John 15, 4 through 10 says this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I wanted to open up that particular verse because I think the first part of us for dads is solidifying our own faith journey with Jesus. And I think if we do that well, that our marriages and our parenting can only get that much better. Without our personal relationship and walk with Jesus, I think those things will struggle. So let's start in John where it Repeatedly, Jesus says, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. And if you don't remain in me, you cannot bear fruit. Uh, And it's very clear. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The verse goes on and gets very specific. um, And and it it even goes as far as, you know, the, the branches get thrown away and they wither. And so we need to stay connected to the vine. We need to stay connected to Jesus. And we need to have a regular um, time with God in order to get our mind right, to get our hearts right, and to get in God's word and get in a, a prayer, a journal, whatever that is for you. I think in the season that we're in with the chaos of, of raising our kids, going to work, and being a great uh, husband, we have to be right with Jesus. And I find that when I don't have that regular time and being present with God and being with God, that the other things do struggle. And not only in my parenting, not only in my marriages, but at work, in my relationships, in everything. And so my first encouragement is this first. We need, as men, to have this regular time with God. We need to be with God. We need his presence. We need to abide in him. The other translation of this verse is abide, abide, abide. That means to be with God. And when we're with God and we're walking with God, we can bear much fruit. We can be better parents and better fathers and better husbands to our wives. And just overall, we can be better. And so um, I wanted to um, just encourage you that I think the best thing that you can do as a, as a father, is to remain in Jesus and deepen your faith and walk with him. I really think that is one of the best things that you can invest your life in and to have a, a strong faith in Jesus Christ that you are modeling to your children. I believe that the way that our children see their fathers is the, the, the way that they see God. We are reflecting the Father. And so depending on how we respond to our kids, the way we react to stress and chaos, the way that we respond to our wives is possibly the way that they are going to understand and perceive who God is. 
as we're talking about God and saying that he's all these things and we're not reflecting any of these things, that's going to be confusing to a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old. And so we are reflecting God the Father in our role, in our responsibilities. This is what God has entrusted to us, that we would be good fathers and that we would reflect Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you that, that the relationship, like I said, you being with God is the most important thing I think you can do as a father and as a husband. So the same way that God in this verse repeatedly just says, remain in me, remain in me. In other words, be with me, be with me, be with me. I think we've all had the experiences with our kids where they're constantly, dad, 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 dad. Can you do this with me? Can you do this with me? Have you guys experienced that? Dad, watch me do this. Dad, can you do this? Can you do this? And depending on where we're at, it's in a minute. Yeah, in a minute. No, I'm busy. I'm looking at my phone or this. And and this stage that we're in with kids, probably let's just say eight or nine under, this is absolutely what they need. This is the most critical thing that we can do as a parent is that be with our kids. It's like, so this whole thing is the be with factor. Our whole talk is us being present and remaining with our kids, being present. Because uh, my story uh, with my father is he was around and I have a good dad, but I don't have like these strong emotional connections where I think he was truly with me. Does that make sense? I don't have these, these childhood memories of my dad playing games or throwing the baseball, or going and doing things. He was there, but he wasn't present. So quality time, true conversations, true interactions. And depending on whether or not you have a little girl or a boy, the way we interact with them could be different. Whereas guys, we interact better through experiences and doing things. Uh, Whereas girls, it may be doing something like, you know, dolls or playing house or whatever it is. It just looks different but we truly have to be present and have quality time with our kids because psychologically, that's how they're wired. The reason they're constantly vying for our attention is because that's what they need. They truly need the attention of mom and dad. And I believe they need the attention of dad even more so than mom, even though they probably want their mom more than us, at least with my kids. So... Um, So the best gift that you can give your kids is your time, your presence, and their attention. That is truly, in this season with these young kids, that is what they want. I just read a book about, very specifically, and I'll tell you if you guys want to, there's books called Just a Phase, and you can get uh, little books for every age. So I got one on first grade, and I got one for a four-year-old, and I read this whole thing from cover to cover in one sitting. It's very easy to read and for my first grader. And what I learned is, which makes total sense to where he's at, all he wants of me right now is to hang out with him and give him attention. And psychologically, that's what all the stats are saying. It's just like, he just wants you. And so I had to rethink um, the way that I spend time with him. Because sometimes we just go and do stuff, but I'm not really... Um, giving them all my attention. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch a show with you and I'll sit next to him and watch cartoons and I'll grab my phone. 
and he'll literally ask me questions about the show, and I'm like, I don't, what? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, and I'll realize he just wants to make sure that we're doing this together. And so quality time, it's, it's a first grade specific, but the, the reality is statistically, it's all kids. All kids need our undivided attention in quality, quality time. So um, in this book, there's a couple quotes. So parents um, often ask, this is, she is a, a master's in education, childhood development, written book after book. And so she, she said, parents ask her all the time, what is the one way that I can support my child? Every time she just says, be with them. Be with them. That's the most important thing. Don't worry about all the other things that other studies are saying and read 12 books a day or all those things. Just be with them. That is the most critical and thing that you can do with them. And so she, she quotes, the truth is a parent's attention is the best thing that you could do for any young child. Psych, uh, physiologically, a child's brain is truly wired for attention. They need their attention and no attention is better than a mom or a dad. And so make sure we're truly giving them the attention. So I know for me, um, in Orange County, with the busyness of life and all that goes on, and all of you guys have careers and different things, this can seem like one of the hardest things that we can actually do, is give this kind of undivided attention, this kind of time, this quality time. But I, I want to urge you to kind of reevaluate. You can go to probably the next few slides, Asia. I don't even know where I am. Um, but uh, to reevaluate the way that you are going about your day so that the time that you do have with your kids at the end of the day or maybe earlier in the day, how can it be more quality? How can it be more one-on-one uh, -on -one and better conversations? And so some of the things that I've done is I take both my kids to school. Um, oh, don't go there yet. Not yet. Um, I take both my kids to school and my first grader, we walk to um, the bus. And so that's about a four-minute walk from my house to the bus stop, but I always try to think of a question so that the time from our house to the bus, it's him knowing that I'm, I'm actually asking him something, that I want to know something about his life. You know, what, what are you planning to do on the playground today? What have you guys been up to? What are you going to buy for lunch? Or what are you excited about at school today? What have you guys been learning? So that it's more intentional conversation, just even though I'm half asleep and I'm tired, it, he knows that I'm attentive to him in that moment. And for my preschooler, we drive up here to Mariners three days a week. So in that, I figure out some way to have a conversation. And then usually it's in regards to Star Wars, which is fine with, with me because I'll talk about that. But um, we always, right when we get to the bottom of the hill of Culver heading up, he literally knows that traffic signal because that's when we turn off music or any conversation and that's when we pray. He starts, I finish, but that is very intentional time. And so those are moments that we have to do anyway. That's already part of our life, but how do we make them more intentional? How do we figure out how this conversation could be more meaningful, more quality, and we're modeling the behavior in God the Father with our, with our kids? And so those are just some of the regular practices that I do with my son. Um, I've shared this story with some of you. Uh, my my six oh my six year old Maverick. He he loves soccer, and I was so pumped. I signed him up for soccer this season, 
And he, after I signed him up, he was like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. And I was like, yeah, you do. You're going to play soccer. This is when I already paid the money. It's happening. There's no refund. It's on. You're good at soccer. You love playing. And he just kept saying, I'm not going to play soccer to the point where, like, he would complain to mom. And, like, he literally cried about it. I don't want to play soccer. And then one night, going before bed, he's like, Dad, do you want me to tell you why? And before that, he would never tell us why. Um, And he said, yeah. I said, yeah, I want to know. And he said, because every single morning we have to get up and either go to school or church. And Saturday morning is the only morning that I can just hang out with you and mom. And we don't have to do anything. I was like, dang, this kid knows how to balance his life. Way better than me. And he just, even though he loves soccer, and it's actually kind of sad. Every Saturday he asks, do you think my my team is playing right now, Dad? Because he wants to play, but he was he's putting a value on higher being with his mom and dad. And that Saturday morning, we don't have to rush out of the house. We don't have to do anything. So it just proves how important to our kids just being present and, and chilling out with mom and dad and doing something or doing nothing, how important it is to kids at these younger ages. And he was able to articulate that as a six-year-old, which I'm like, holy cow, you don't have to play soccer. So we didn't make any more fuss about it. I didn't pressure him. I'm like, I'll go kick the ball around whenever, but you don't have to play. And he's already decided I'm playing next year, which is great. We'll see what happens. But that's just an example of how we can, as dads, I don't know about you. I was like, no, we're going to play soccer. This is, this is part of your, your, your childhood. This is, this is my childhood. This is your childhood. And I was like contemplating like forcing him or pushing him to do it and it just turned out that that wasn't going to be the best for him so um, there was a study in Inc. magazine that I thought was super interesting I read it a couple weeks ago and so they took this is like one of the longest running studies that has ever um, gone a seven-year study and they took 70,000 children and the the top or the the title is um you know, the title is The Secret to Raising Successful Kids based off this data. And so after the seven-year study and, and getting results and asking all sorts of questions of these people, um, what was the most important thing for them to say as now grown-ups, you know, what, what's important for, for your, your childhood as a parent? And the, the first result is really weird and strange, but they just said, don't be born poor, (laughs) which is like so interesting. So I imagine that of those 70,000 people, there is a percentage of people that grew up with that issue of poverty or struggled financially. And they said, it just makes everything harder. It just makes everything harder if you're born into that, that kind of house household. And so obviously you don't choose your home. Uh, and, and, and how, what you're born into, but that was just, that was the number one result, so I had to share it with you. The more important result that I want to spend time on is this second slide, which says this. So these are all the, the results that were relatively obvious, but pretty important. So talking and listening to your kids, uh, making it clear you have ambitions for their future, being emotionally warm, teaching them letters and numbers, uh, taking them on excursions, reading to them daily and encouraging them to read for pleasure and maintaining a regular bedtime. All pretty standard stuff. But if you really kind of boil 
many of those down, it's be present with your kids. Be with your kids. Be emotionally connected to your kids. Have quality conversations. Have quality time. Be present with them. So those are all very simple, yet um, if I ask you guys, how are you guys doing at all those things? I bet that you would go, eh, I could be better. I, I could definitely better, be better at that. I know that, that, I, that would be my answer. So like I said, the results are basically saying, be present, have quality time with your kids, especially for us dads, because we have so many other things going on that um, these things, they're not impossible. They're relatively simple. It just be, might be reorienting our life, our schedules, and the way that we spend time with our kids. And we could probably see much fruit. Like it says, remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Be present with your kids and you will bear much fruit. So um, in the same book, just a phase that I've been reading, um, it gives you literally how many weeks you have with your kids from however old they are until pretty much they're out to, to college or whatever comes after high school. So from the moment our kids are born to college, there's 936 weeks, which seems like a ton. Um, but the, the reality is, um, I don't know about you guys, something that happens with me almost on the daily if I'm out in public with my kids some older, kind woman or dad will say something like, you've all experienced, it goes by so fast. Enjoy every moment. And I'm like, do you see what's happening? This is ridiculous. Like, he's throwing stuff in the grocery store. And uh, I blinked and my kids were 34. Oh my gosh. Um, but when we truly think about it, I know for me, like, I literally feel like I brought my firstborn home from the hospital. I can remember it so vividly. And now he's talking to me about multiplication tables. He's reading to me. He uh, brought up last night that there's a girl at school that has a crush on him. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, it truly does. I mean, six years has flown by. So I can understand how these kind older people, why they're saying this. And so the point of, of, of actually putting weeks to it is for, help, for us to continue to have perspective on that we don't get this time back. That every week and every moment is critical to spending and developing our kids. We are, we're literally raising kids and their future and who they will become and how that they will interact in society. And hopefully how they will see Jesus because we're always pointing them to Jesus. And so 936 weeks. So for me, I think my first grade, I think I have like 650 something weeks left until he would go off to college. And so it's interesting. Every, every age you can read about it and it'll just, you can literally get an app and there's like a countdown timer, which is a little much for me. Um, but all that being said, it's the perspective of us seeing that Although we might literally be thinking, this is crazy and chaotic, and I just want a break, and I'm so over this, at times can I possibly leave, that this time is not forever, and it truly will go by very fast. It might not seem it, but it will. And so, having the perspective that God has entrusted you with these children, this is a big responsibility 
and your relationship with God and Jesus is the foremost important thing you can do in raising your children and having a healthy marriage and remaining in Him. And so how will you respond to the fleeting moments of time that is going to continue to go by very, very fast with your kids? So... So go to the, the quality time on Asia. So just a couple things. I, I already shared some of these. So just practically speaking, um, make the time that you have more quality. Make quality time quality. Uh, pray with your kids. If you're not praying with your kids and you're walking with Jesus, you need to start. That is important. They understand prayer and relationship with Jesus by the way that you talk to Jesus. Because that's all that they know. It's you and your spouse. It's the way that they know how to talk to Jesus is the way that you talk to Jesus. So one thing I learned from actually Tim Timmons uh, Jr., if you know him, is that he shared with me once, I realized uh, every time I prayed with my kids, it was always requests. It was always like, oh, help, help this get better, help this get better, help this get better, help get, this get better. And so the, the kid's perception of the relationship with Jesus was just this transactional help me, help me, help me, help me. And I thought that was so, so helpful for me because that's sometimes how our prayer life goes. And so I, I learned every time I'm praying with my kids, we start with a long list of what we're thankful for. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. And literally on the way to preschool. It's thank you for that tree. Thank you for that playground that we just drove by that I want to go to. Thank you that Kylo Ren is awesome. Thank, I mean, that's, but that's okay. Those are the kind of prayers, but he's still actually grateful for Kylo Ren. Truly he is. And that's okay that he can pray that. And so we have learned now that the first parts of our prayer are gratitude. And because I want them to respond to God in gratitude first before they start asking him for things. And we still do the requests, of course, because that's part of our relationship with God. And so pray with your kids. Uh, kids devotional. I realized um, I put my kids, I put my boys to bed every night. It's, it's part of my responsibility. And that's actually when some of the most rich conversations happen. And I realized we would do that. We do highs and lows. We do prayer and usually tell me a story, all that stuff that I'm sure you guys are uh, familiar with. But I realized I never did any sort of devotional or anything. So I picked one up at the Global Cafe. They got like five or six different types. Um, make sure it's for ones that are for younger because there are ones for older kids. But so now we do a devotional every night. And they literally are asking, well, we didn't do the devotional. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so that is a great habit that we begin to start with the kids. Um, pick up a kid's Bible um, they have a bunch in the Global Cafe. If you don't have that, read that with them. Um, um, play with them. Sounds super obvious, but literally get on your knees, get on the floor, and play with them. Whether that's a board game, whether that's wrestling, whether that's a Nerf gun, a bow and arrow thing, but actually play with them. That is critical. Wrestling with my kids is the, the best part of their day. They absolutely love it. And so, but that is actually quality time if you have a boy. Them hitting me actually helps them. It's a weird thing, but it's true. Um, and read with them. That's obviously, you know, part of the, the, the results in that study. But uh, reading with your kids, obviously, educationally is, is operation critical. Uh, and have real conversations. Um, 
sometimes when I don't know what to say, I, I, I literally just do what, um, would you rather stuff. Like, would you rather be Thor or Incredible Hulk? Would you, do you think Spider-Man could beat Venom? Like, those are the conversations we have, but they think it's the coolest. Um, and then, and then ask them questions on, you know, how did that make you feel? That's a, a really important one, even in the middle of or after a, a tantrum or something. Well, why are you feeling that way? What did, why did you get frustrated? Well, what happened that made you feel this way? All those are really critical because it's helping them articulate emotion and feeling to get to the root of why they're throwing a tantrum or whatever it may be. So real conversations. Um, the next slide is just what's getting in the way. Practically, um, is it work? Is it your phone? Is it fantasy football? Is it social media? Is it beers with friends? Is it any whatever? Um, Matt brought up today, and I won't I won't tell your your response. And the new iOS update. Anyone have an iPhone with the new iOS update? It literally tells you how much time you're spending on your phone and where, what buckets, right? So it could tell you that you're spending hours on your fantasy sports app. It could tell you that you spent three hours on Facebook and, and Instagram. It could tell you that emails was five hours today, whatever it may be. But that is a really good tool for us as dads to actually put ourselves in check. How much time am I wasting on social media? How much time uh, am I spending on my phone? Um, when I'm, it, and it literally can tell you the hours as well. So if you get home from work at six o'clock and all of a sudden your social media um, use spikes, that means you're probably not being present with your kids or your wife or your family. And so use that, if you have an iPhone, use that new update. I'm sure if you don't have an iPhone, there's other apps that could do the same thing. But I know for me, this is the number one thing that gets in the way of spending quality time, not only with my kids, but with my life. And it's a problem, and I'm trying to figure it out. Um, so that's the conversation I want you guys to begin thinking about. What's getting in the way of, of spending quality time? What things need to change? And what kind of, um, <clears throat> what kind of things do you need to, to do differently in order to shift to remain more in your relationship with Jesus and spending quality time with him? so that you can overall be a better father and better husband and better person. Because when we remain in him, we bear much fruit. When we don't, we don't bear much fruit. And we, in our attitudes and everything can possibly change because we're not right with God. So we need to start there. And then we're really modeling that same thing that Jesus is saying is that when we're remaining in him, we also need to have that same presence with our children in particular. Our wives as well, but we're talking specifically kids this morning. So let me pray and then I'm going to throw it back to the tables and we have a couple questions for you to talk about. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these guys that they are willing to come this morning because they value their children, they value their wives, they, they see you as important to come to church and to grow in relationship with you. So God, would you honor that? Would you bless that? I pray for each of their marriages. I pray for their relationships with their kids, God, that they would have heard nothing more than spend more quality time with your children and that they'd figure out ways to do that better. God, we thank you for this day, this weekend. Would you bless it? Would this weekend be the start of a great um, shift for these men to spend more time um, 
with their kids and invest in them and model um, what our kids see in their relationship with the Father. Help them to be the Father that you are to us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so the table questions, he's just going to throw those up. There you go. Uh, Introduce yourselves, talk amongst yourselves, and then we'll be done in a little bit.